The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. And we're back with another episode of the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, and as ever, joined down the line by Joe Costanzo. It's Joe Costanzo show, because Matt's not here again. Matt's not here, he's hiding out because he owes me a big old sandwich. Yeah, he does. He does. You hear that, Matt? I'm not forget. forgetting. You owe me that. Don't let him forget. He doesn't He doesn't deserve to forget. Doesn't deserve to get forget. Because we're not, you know what? Let's mention it briefly, because everyone knows. Congratulations to the Chiefs and the Niners, but we're not even going to speak about them this week. Because we don't have time, and otherwise we don't want to ruin all our content for next week. Well, we may have a little bit of a special show planned, if we can Ooh. pull some strings together. Ooh, a special show. It's going to be such an underwhelming surprise, isn't it? Yeah, well, possibly, but let's leave it in there. Why Why not? Keep why them not? guessing. Keep them guessing. I bet mm. they can guess it. I bet not. All right, first person to comment on the Instagram post with the correct guess wins... I don't know, Joe, think of a prize. A sandwich. (laughs) We'll send you a sandwich. Your choice Tesco meal deal. We'll throw in the crisps and the drink as well because we're that generous. But it does expire that day because we picked up a 50p, so, you know. Yeah, you take it or leave it. We don't have a lot of money right now. That's fine. All right, but let's get into today's show, which I think we already know who's done well out of the playoffs, those two teams we mentioned previously. And we're going to have a look at what each of the teams that fell in the playoffs would have to do to try and maybe take that next step. And let's kick it off with the Buffalo Bills, the first team to lose this year in the playoffs. It looked like it was going well for them the first half against Mm. the Texans, and then it all came crashing down. Joe, what one thing would the Bills need to improve on next year? Oh, we're only doing one thing. Oh, we could do a couple. If you've got a couple of things, let's get them. But I don't want to make them work too hard for it. Okay, I mean, this one might be a bit harsh because I um, obviously Jerome Brown and Cole Beasley had pretty productive years at receiver but i think they could do with an, a big bodied receiver to go up and win sort of those 50 50 catches that brown just isn't the guy and ne- neither is beasley in that slot position to be able to do that zay jones isn't particularly that good mm. um so yeah for, for me it would probably be just an addition to that receiver. could tyler core. croft be that guy at tight end mm, potentially but i mean I don't know. The thing Mine's is, on a similar vein of things. It's not. It's still in the passing game. It just they just need Josh Allen to take that next step and be more consistent. He was much improved this year in accuracy for a lot of it, but then some of his decision making and accuracy towards the end of that Texans game exemplified what was going wrong when things did go wrong for the the Bills last year because that, that like that lateral attempt where it's like yeah, sometimes I was you just that. need to calm down and take what's available, take the easy stuff rather than always trying to win the game. Yeah, I I think he was kind of in that sort of first playoff jitters mindset where he he didn't really know what to do. In that position, I I mean, to be fair, the lateral attempt worked. It went out of bounds. It stopped the clock. So I don't think, no, you cannot put that down as a success. That was not supposed to happen. Technically, it was was a success. Um, The other thing I would say potentially is uh, the defensive end position could possibly do with the an upgrade because obviously last year uh, Shaq Lawson or is it this year Shaq Lawson's just retired Jerry Hughes is pretty old um, and I mean it's, it's not their biggest concern it, their defence is one of the best in the league but just that that position could do with a, a bolstering a good old bolster Shaq Lawson retired yeah he did not Lorenzo Alexander oh I might have messed that up 
Wait, no way. Shaq Lawson was drafted in 2016. Nah, okay. All right, 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 right. I done messed that up. He done messed up AA, Ron. I done messed up AA, Ron. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lorenzo Alexander. No, I get your retired. point on that one. The Bills, they were solid this year, but you're right. There was just that... There was always that lack of oomph and they never really looked like an elite level team. They just were a, a solid all-round t- side. Yeah, their their secondary for sure is, is amazing. But, for um, sure. For sure. But yeah, just just that next step. I mean, I think they definitely have more offensive needs than defensive needs. Devin Singletree will probably need someone else in the backfield alongside um, Frank Gore, whose one-year contract is up. Frank Gore doesn't go again. No, I mean, the, the, it, you need someone to average the tough two-yard gains. You know, if it's third and ten, he'll give you two. If it's first, the third and so two, if you're he'll running give you on, two. If you're running with Frank Gore on third and ten, that's the first issue anyway. They did. They genuinely, I've seen them do that a few times. I've seen them do it. Right, moving on I've to another AFC East team who the Bills will be hoping to overtake. The Patriots' second team knocked down the playoffs in 2019. Oh, that was a Pretty surprise, was it? So mine with this is they've got to try and sort out big I mean I'm not gonna speculate what's going on with Brady. They may even go with quarterback, which would I don't Ooh. think they're gonna win with a rookie quarterback next year. I mean maybe they go for a vet like a Teddy Bridge or something like that. But it, either way I think they've got they've got to fix the interior of that offensive line. Yeah. Because when you watch the Patriots, what you watch is you watch Brady, he doesn't try and escape around the outside and the tackles aren't the biggest issue for this team is when he can't step up and find time for his small little playmakers to make a little bit of space. That's what happened this year that they, people were able to crush down in the middle of the pocket. And it's not like a secret what they do, how they play the game. So and Brady's, if you can't protect the middle, then they, you're going to struggle playing the type of way that Brady and the Patriots like to play. And Brady for sure has, has lost some of that. I mean, he was never, obviously he was never a mobile guy, but his mobility in the pocket seems to look a lot more like Eli Manning this year. Um, mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he just he doesn't seem jittery. To sh- yeah, to shift in the in the right way. Like he, he used to be just an amazing amazing pocket presence, and I guess yeah, help on that interior line would definitely suit him. Uh, for me, I've got I've got if he's down there next year. A pretty obvious. Well, if he's there, that caveat, of course. Um, another thing which may affect if he's there next year is just they need more receiving talent. Mm. Like it's something we said all year. He relied way too much on Julian Edelman and James White. Um, Neil Harry has shown glimpses where he's looked good and then others where he just didn't oh, that might just be you know an adjustment thing coming on late in the season but there are just too many receivers dropping balls or just running r- obviously r- wrong routes and I think that kind of screwed them over a lot of times this year also at tight end they need something to fill the void a, a pass catching threat to literally anything literally something <laughs> See, I agree with the wide receiver thing. I just think that that argument could be used for a lot of the teams on this list, and I didn't want to go to it repeatedly. I am going to go to it, though, on the next team on our list um, with New Orleans Saints, get a number two receiver behind Michael Thomas. That would be good. Do you you know the top five receivers for the Saints last year? Oh, uh, we're about to combine on stats, aren't we? Nice, love it. So Michael Thomas, obviously not a bad year, 1,700-odd yards. It's, It's all right. I'll take that for my number one. Number two is the way you get a bit niffy. You get Jared Cook with 700 yards. Yeah. And then you... All right. Number three. Number three. Go on. Kamara. Yep. With 400. Just... If you get 400 yards out of your running back, that's not horrendous. 
But then when your number two receiver is also on about 400 yards and Ted Ginn, and your number five is backup power back Latavius Murray with 230 odd yards. Do you know, um, this isn't the, do you want a little stat for you to bolster this point? So their other receivers, Ted Ginn Jr., Trey Quan Smith, Deontay Harris, Austin Carr, and Krishan Hogan combined for 692 yards. And you compare that to the 1,725 that Michael Thomas managed to get this year. I mean, Wait, how many did you say? 692 between one, two, three, or f- the f- five of them. Well, so if you take out Ginn, then the rest of those other four combined for, what, 200? Yeah, they, they, they definitely need a, a number two guy. I mean, Ginn isn't really a number two guy. Yeah, he's getting older as well. Traquan Smith had that one big catch in, in the playoffs. Was that but- all of his yards? I don't even know if that counts for that must just be you know normal regular season yardage but yeah it's just you know it just, meh didn't it didn't really didn't really uh, suit me well the the other thing I, I think they need to improve on is um left guard in particular uh, in another interior line position but Andrew Pete who was a former first rounder in 2015 is yet to finish a full season and is set to be a free agent this year so that's something they could really do with a little improvement on and they're going to have to play Drew Brees or they're really going to need that number 2 receiver exactly have you got anything else for for the Saints or no that was such an obvious little glaring point that they had no one else doing anything in the passing game that I just stuck and zoned in on that one yeah much like Drew Brees did with Michael Thomas when it, when, it, when it works. I wonder what Taysom Hill was in comparison to the other receivers. Well, he wasn't on the top five, so... I mean, yeah, but he for also... a backup quarterback, quite a lot of receiving yards. As a secondary threat, not too many. Yeah. Yes. All right, so the next one, the Philadelphia... My Philadelphia Eagles. My Philadelphia The number Eagles. one thing, but you can't really have as much control in this, is health, realistically. Uh-huh. You got you got to, you got to keep some of your starting players on the on the field. That would be the first point of call. The second one would be uh, perimeter speed because down the stretch after Sean, Deshaun Jackson went down before the game in week two, there is no one on that team that was catching balls deep except except for Miles Sanders, and mm-hmm. he's your now starting running back, so he can't be your top deep threat. It just doesn't work consistently. Yeah, they're in a good mix. Yeah, I, I kind of agreed. Like Jeffrey's cap hit in twenty twenty is is something like sixteen million as well. So he could be asked to restructure that contract or potentially get traded. Um Deshaun Jackson turns thirty four next year. Ortega Whiteside is young, but he didn't look that Slow great. Slow as hell. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get for wanting a big bodied receiver over um, D- DK, DK Metcalf. Metcalf a big bodied receiver. receiver. We could have had so many people. Chiefs, Metcalf, Jesus Christ. Let's not a... play the we could have had game because it, it just no, gets right. sad. It, and... get, it does get sad. And the other one we could, what we could do with is some cornerbacks who can either stay healthy or track the ball. Because the ones <laughs> that stayed healthy couldn't track the ball and the ones that could track the ball couldn't stay healthy. So Very true. Um, is it Kevin King looked pretty good? Was it, I always get him Kevin King with... played for the Green Bay Packers. No, so I'm, I'm not sure of... who you're talking uh... about. I'm so bad with names. Who's your uh, Sydney 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 Jones? There we go. There we go. I always get made some plays down the stretch. Yeah, and he's he's one that may have almost played himself back into a roster spot next year. But I think Derby may be a free agent next year. 
Um, Jalen Mills is definitely a free agent. So it depends on what direction we go with it, whether we re-sign some of the players that Schwartz clearly likes as it is his man um, corners. But something's got to change in that secondary because it's just not working at someone's the moment. Someone's got to give. Do you know what? And it hasn't done for years either. That's the biggest annoyance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a consistent problem, especially the cornerback position and your your safety position. They're not they're not getting particularly older, and the strengths. Well, obviously, you had Malcolm Jenkins, the perennial Pro Bowler at safety, but that um that safety position is is getting pretty old now, and your defensive line is getting fairly old. So the two biggest strengths, some mm. would argue, on on this defense. Um, just, just it ain't getting any any younger, except Derek Barnett, of course. Who it? What? Who is getting younger? Yeah, he's he's mastered the Benjamin Button disease, and he's actually, in fact, going to be sixteen. You, last, next you know what? Year. It's what you love to see. You love to see a mastery of a disease. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you could choose any disease, you'd probably choose the Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> We're topic that. You know what? I thought about going into it, and then I was like, no, that's no, a really bad idea. <laughs> no, let's not go down this hole. Um. But yeah, so for, for me, I, I just think it's it's some potential, you know, just in terms of just depth. You need more more young starters on the D line, and potentially, uh, not not a replacement for Jenkins, but you just need speed all over this field, really. Especially again, like on the perimeter, because you watch the Eagles and everything's played sort of in that fifteen yards in front of you, where Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz operate. And if you've got someone or a couple of people that can take the top off occasionally, think how good Ertz and Goddard can be together with the field a bit stretched. Yeah, and you wanted that in Deshaun Jackson, but he, like we said, he's 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 an old boy. He's an yeah. old boy with a hurty core. With a hurty core. Though apparently he would have been back if we'd managed to beat in the Seahawks, but he was also trying to come back in week nine as well, and that didn't go too well. Yeah, well, a lot of people tried to come back, including... Um, I've absolutely been stumped again on names. Mr. Old Man at, at quarterback, Josh McCown. There we go. Josh McCown tried to come back after being held. I mean, to... he did come back. He played through it. He did. He played through, what was it? A um... Torn hamstring? Yeah, it was like torn off the bone, wasn't it? Which is the best sort of torn. Hmm. What a boy. All right. So the next team on the list to go down, the Minnesota Vikings, who got further than I expected them to when after week four when they were disappointing as hell. I think the Vikings, the biggest thing they need to do is stay aggressive on offense. Yeah. Um, I, I think they, they lost kind of... Yeah. The thing is, uh, they've obviously installed this whole run-first mentality, and I think they, they got lost in the source a bit. And um, at times, Kirk Cousins looked really good. Um but he relied during the regular season way too much on, on Stefan Dick's production. And he... But it was working, though. When they were firing those deep shots regularly, that's when their offense was firing. It was as soon as games got tight and Mike Zimmer's like, oh, I don't want to risk a turnover. Yeah. That's, those are the games they lost or sort of came back to earth in, at least. Mike Zimmer needs to let the offense perform because it will help out their defense in the long run. And they're attacking, especially against the Niners when they were just trying to play it overly safe. And their defense was getting absolutely gassed because they were spending the entire time on the field because they were just running the ball with Cook and getting shut down. Are you telling Mike Zimmer to play it safe, uh, to not play it safe, to be risky? Because I'm sorry, that's not. I am, because he doesn't need to be told to play it safe. He does that enough. Yeah, I mean, 
I just, uh, I mean, we, we can make as many suggestions as we want here, but I just don't see it happening, really. Let's be honest. Yo, what's yours then with the Vikings? What can they do to win next year? Um, well, I've, uh, the thing is, I don't really know because this this defense looks there's, there's, on defense they're pretty sound they're they're pretty set I mean we're we're seeing kind of the decline of Xavier Rhodes but um, other than that I wasn't would, he like ranked in like he was one of the he worst wasn't even cornerbacks like the top in the league hundred in the yeah it was like hundred and sixteenth or something it was it was crazy but obviously it's it's that name value attached to it I don't think they're going to necessarily have to replace him anytime soon unless he has another outing like that next year but I think you know potentially some some because obviously we've had that year with Adam Thielen and and Stefan Diggs where they did really well but I just think Adam Thielen kind of lacked production until that playoff game um he, he looked just at he times was playing hurt for a lot of the season to be fair yeah and there hasn't really been a time this season where they've had Phelan and Diggs both healthy and being passed to at the same time. That'll be interesting to see if Kirk Cousins can actually keep all of his receivers happy when the ball has to go round them all. Yeah, but uh, to be honest, like I don't, I don't see. It's it's just they need to use their talent more than than they need to. They need any particular weapons on offense. Mm. I think because they, there isn't. You're absolutely right. Because there isn't. Maybe they could improve pass blocking. A yeah, little bit, but it's not such an issue that it should stop that it should hold them back and as long as they remain and they will remain a run first team let's be honest then they can still fall back on that play action pass game that suited them so well on the those deep shots to Stefan Diggs so I mean as I, they just need to basically be better yeah how about that one what do the Vikings need get, to do to be better in 2020 good, they need to be better yeah they just need to be better all round what about those apples? I mean, what about those apples? Not how about them? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of just absolutely missed this, the Vikings on my notes, and um, I've just been winging it this whole time. So it's because they're so interesting and fun to talk about, especially the way they play at the moment. Yeah. So the next team, Joe, which I'm pretty sure you won't have left on your notes, the Baltimore Ravens. What have they got to do? Oh God, um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because uh, we've got a lot of free agency potential free agent moves coming up this this season um is that insider info yeah so some insider info for you but apparently michael pierce not arthur pierce i realize i've been calling him yeah, arthur I, pierce i didn't call you out on the last one ages. because it's funnier because you rate about him so much I know, you just kept getting I his know. name wrong but I do it. I I get names wrong all the time, and it makes me look so stupid. But it yeah, but at fact, least it's not your favourite players. That's when it's worse. I know, like Leonard Jackson. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Pierce is likely a free agent at the end of the year, which will leave a massive hole on on our D line. Literally, he's a big fella. He's a big old boy, and and him coupled with Brandon Williams is just one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, in my opinion. Um, well, it was until they both left. Yeah, and, and then before they got absolutely trounced by Derek Henry, the big boy. Well, Brandon Williams isn't leaving. Brandon Williams resigned, so why don't you take Do that? Do you hear he's going to get traded? Is that a nibs? It's not. <sighs> you. It was a nibs. Thank absolute God. 
because I was about to Google the shit out of that. Nah. But anyway, yeah, so I think what we need um, really, just in terms of what we saw this year, is outside of Marquise Brown, we don't really have a number one receiver. And I mm. wouldn't say Marquise Brown is a typical number one receiver. He can he's grow into that. He's a number two that. deep threat, isn't he? He is, he is. He definitely stretches the field and he's he's a, he's a an absolute weapon on that on this team but and he was playing weapon i know but only when i was 15 um (laughs) but yeah he's he's just he's a good deep threat i think he's got room to grow into that number one receiver role down the stretch and i know he was playing this year a lot hurt but um we just we just need more receiving talent like when you when you look around our team we've got what willie sneed um bloody i've completely forgotten um holmes Holmes. Dan Holmes. Not Dan Holmes. (laughs) No one's going to get that. (laughs) No one even understands who that is. You might as well be Dan. Dan, No one understands who you are. Yeah, Dan's not listening, but yeah, (laughs) maybe. My my thing on the Ravens is you just need to stay creative. You've got to get Greg Roman back, which was a huge bullet to dodge for you guys. And I think if you can incorporate a bit more of a passing threat into your offense this year, yeah, but like, I think that will kind of naturally come, to be honest. I, I, I well, do that's think... all it is then. That offense just needs to take that next step forward and just evolve a little bit more. Because the Titans, and there are a couple of teams that almost put out a blueprint, and there's no, there's never going to be a blueprint on Lamar Jackson because he's such a mental athlete. The Titans, look just, stupid. The Titans were it... just ridiculously disciplined. That was the blueprint. And I don't think that's something you're going to get from every team. Like I, I think in terms of talent, the 49ers were, were a tougher tougher defense to face talent wise it was just that the titans were way more disciplined than us and but credit to them but yeah i don't i don't think this whole talk about blueprints and especially after playoff losses like they said it last year against the chargers they said it now against the titans at times i do think we just need more receiving talent and john harbour's consistently said that in his post game presses that they they're they're looking to um, go after the receiver position in the off season and in in the draft, which is good to hear because obviously we're starting to invest around Lamar Jackson. We've seen what he can do. Uh, like I said, we've we've got that D line gap to fill in Michael Pierce. And um, one thing in particular, if Yonder retires, we yeah, please don't please don't retire. But we might well, need there to. Be whispers. There have been whispers that Marshall Yonder will retire. He has refused to comment on it. But I mean, I just I've just put in my notes. Yonder may retire. Brackets, please stay. <laughs> if you hear that, Marsha, if you're listening, for Joe, just one more year. One more year, mate. We can do it. We can get to the we can get to the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm uh, moving on to the Houston Texans. What they need to do is they need to fire Bill O'Brien, but they're not going to do that, so they've got no chance. Yeah, they're kind of screwed in that regard. That's literally it. That's all I've written for the Texans. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've got some actual potential. No, it, it's fueled by hatred and spite, but it's there. That's all I've got. Uh, it's, it's fair enough. I, I'm going to come, come across from a, a slightly different angle. Um, I'm going to say their offensive line could do with someone else except Laramie Tunsil, um, like we've said a few times on this podcast. You know what? There's a, I think there's a few decent O-linemen in the draft. Maybe they should take someone in the first round. Hmm, no, wait. Do they have a first round pick? Nope. No. Uh, they could they probably use it to improve their first. They use it to improve their O line. There's quite a good um, a set of secondary players as well in the in potentially coming up in in the first round of the draft, and I can't think of a team 
that needs a better secondary in terms of playoff contention. Only three teams allowed more yards in the air than t- in, in 2019 than the Texans. Was one of them us? Uh, probably. I haven't looked at the stat. But I oh, you've just ran them as teams. fourth and then... <laughs> I've seen they were the fourth. Oh, I'm willing to bet we'd be up there. I don't know if that's exactly, but I'd be surprised if we weren't. Yeah, and they might be use- losing Jonathan Joseph, Bradley Roby, and Jalil Adai in free agency as well. So that's three of their best secondary players on a pretty yeah, terrible but, secondary. Yeah, but Jonathan Joseph's a bit of a bit part player at this point anyway in his career, isn't he, really? Like, he none must of be those a, are... at least 60. None of those players are irreplaceable that you can't just... They're all sort of the players that they'll just revolve around teams and you'll bring someone in that's just a different name that's sort of pretty much at the same level. I think I've seen Jalil Adai in at least four jerseys. So, I mean... That's just because he likes to change his top. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the question with the Texans really is just do they have the draft capital to... Or even really the the cap room to be able to replace a lot of these people because they've obviously got that big Laramie Tunsil contract coming up. I would be well funny if they don't resign him. That would be absolute bants. But it's it's obviously gonna happen. Um and they just they just don't have the room to be able to they're gonna have to be really smart with draft picks and I, I just I don't think I see it. I mean this is uh, who is the GM for the draft as well? Are they going to hire a GM? Are they still doing this weird GM by committee thing? Is Bill O'Brien just going to take over and screw it all? I think Bill O'Brien's the shadow GM there. Yeah, obviously, but is he is he the GM, the official GM for the draft process? Does it matter? Because of do it all. Yeah, I don't know. They're really screwing that up, aren't they? It's fun though. It's nice. It's nice to have a team that's quite good but still still terrible. Yeah, it's weird to have a team in the divisional playoffs that you, you're just like, what are you doing? So the next team, the I almost said Cincinnati Seahawks. That yeah, would have been terrible. That it's the Seattle Seahawks. I'm obviously, sure Joe Burrow would be. prefer to go to the Seahawks. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, probably can't blame him for that. The though, based on my argument here, maybe he wouldn't as much because what they need to do is they need to improve their line plays. Oh yeah. That's so oh. true. Oh, you like that one, didn't Have you, Joe? We've been it? saying this for years. When that starts with re-signing Jadavian Clowney, who is like you said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you on this. He's not a huge numbers guy, but he's incredible in the run game. Yes. And he does occupy a double team on most passing downs, at least anyway. That is true. But when you look at the comparison that they only had twenty eight sacks all year, yeah. and their opposition had forty eight sacks against them. Even oh. with Russell Wilson's mobility, you know they're um they're on that note they're top four sack artists if you were to call them artists. I mean they didn't have astounding sack numbers, but Quinton Jefferson, Quinton Jefferson, Jadavian Clowney, Michael Kendricks, and Ziggy Ansah are all contest free agency this summer, which is just great. If you're a uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, if you were started to think, oh our defense is really coming along at the end of this year. Maybe not. Um, yeah, and their offensive line as well. I mean, we've been saying it for for years now at this point. But like, after we've seen what happened at the start of the season with Andrew Luck, and just you need to invest in offensive linemen. And after they got rid of Unger, I mean, watching that that Eagles game, <laughs> whoever the hell was their center was just getting absolutely bullied on every single play. By Big Fletch. By Big Man Fletcher. 
who has been playing hurt as well. So you're getting injured. Yes, he's arguably one of the greatest D tackles to ever play the game of football, biasness aside. <laughs> that is an absolute biased remark. That's so ridiculous. Well, you don't buy it. There are so many good defensive tackles in the history of football. Yeah, but are any of them quite as good as Fletcher? <laughs> yes. A lot of them are a lot better. Mean yeah, Joe fair, Green. Fair argument. So back on the Seahawks side of things, was there anything else you felt they need to take that step forward or are you I just, like me with that line side? Uh, just, well, on the note of the, we're just talking about free agents here. So out of their starting O-line, right, they've got one guard who might, who it can't test free agency. So they've got, they're losing potentially Mike Ayapati, Jermaine Ifedi, Upati. George Ayapati, Ayapati, Upati. Anyway, um, <laughs> George Fant and Joey Hunt, who was the centre in question. Um, I, mean, I imagine they'll let him walk. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't that good. But I mean, but I've only again, judged that from one game. You've got to bring in a whole new O-lineman and then get the cohesion going long enough for Russell Wilson to not get killed. Yeah, the, the problem is they just have a lot of tools to replace on this O-line and it seems like they're going to have to choose whether to keep their O-line or their D-line. And if I were them, I'd probably keep their D-line and just... You know, maybe Start invest again. in. There, like you said, there are some good good O line talent in this in this draft. You might be able to get some mid rounders um, to fill some gaps in the interior. And but how many rookies do you really want starting on the O line? It seems like they're going to have to start all of them, mate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they. Well, uh, there's that, that Andreas Pete from the Saints you were talking about. Why didn't they go for him? But he he's not finished a season. That's what I was saying. Is biggest flaw. So I mean. If you want someone who's going to stay on the field, maybe invest in a, you know, I don't know why they haven't invested in the draft for O-linemen in the early rounds, but it just baffles me every year. <laughs> like ever since they lost Unger, they just, they failed to replace him. Like, and it's, it's a consistent problem. It, it is a bit weird when you see these glaring faults, you're like, well, why can't the GM see it? And he obviously does understand it's there, but it's weird he hasn't taken any initiative to try and improve because, because that position. Because they get away with it because Russell Wilson could just run, run like, uh, escape, and he's, he's, he's a smart guy. He's he's relatively mobile, and he'll, he'll get away from a lot of potential sacks and, and make up for it. But that doesn't mean that he, he's not one of the most sacked quarterbacks in, in their you know, his playing career with them. So I just think it's stupid. It is stupid, Joe, but let's move on to the teams that fell closest to the final hurdle. Yeah. Um, Start with the Tennessee Titans, Joe, the surprise package, I think of the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think this team just really excelled this year. They far outshone where anyone would have had them put when they were, you know, basically chasing a wild card spot at the end of the season to, get to the conference championships and to be up early against against the Chiefs, to be fair. Mm. I mean, a lot of us that's, were... That's where I was struggling with picking somewhere because they were, I couldn't really pick a spot that if they take a next step, they're going to do better than next better next year. Yeah. Because I don't know as a team if they're that good enough yet. Um, I mean, what they I think the two things they need to do is re-sign Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry is a start. And... Jack Conklin, but I don't think they can re-sign all three. Do you reckon Ryan Tannehill's played his way out of a mid-level contract then and he's going to get big bucks? 
Um, I think he, Ryan Tanner, who is a very proficient passer, he's a proficient passer. He's not a he's not going to blow you away with his stats, but he doesn't need to. And I don't think he should be paid like a quarterback that's going to. I mean, at the end of the day, what is he? Thirty three, uh, thirty two. Actually, he'll be the same age as, um, or around the same age as Russell Wilson. So probably like 31, 32. And he he doesn't really, it's not like he. The thing that he came in and. He, but he did, though, in a way, because yes, he didn't have huge numbers, but what he did, he was able to hit the deep shots that opened things up even more than they were for Derek Henry. That Mariota is never hitting those shots that they were able to revamp the whole offense with. He came in, went seven and three, beating some pretty good teams in that run. Yeah, but I also think you could potentially get talent that maybe... Um, okay, so if you're the Titans, where do you go if you don't go Ryan Tannehill? Well, I would try and lowball Ryan Tannehill, firstly. Um, I'm, I'm not, well, I say lowball, I'm just not going to offer him like a crazy contract. You know, Give him, like, I don't know, 17 million a year. It's quite a big sum. I mean, for a quarterback in the a starting quarterback in the league, it's it's not that that big, but um, yeah. And then I'd really focus on trying to re-sign Jack Conklin because and Derek Henry because Jack Conklin had a breakout year this year. If, if they can't they can't afford to re-sign him, I I really take imagine the Titans will take a step back because just of how effective he was in that run game. It, coming a, he made um a lot of the time you you'd sort of see him. This, Ooh, I thought of a good question. Hit me. Who makes more money in the off season, Ryan Tannehill or Derek Henry? Um, well, it depends. Are you going to pay Derek Henry like the top running back in the league? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Mm. It's a good question. I don't think he gets paid that level because I don't think anyone will now. No, no, yeah. I, th- I mean. Realistically, this is what we were saying before before we started recording, is that Derrick Henry is, is one of the most valuable assets to any team in this league. And he kind of proved that over the playoffs. Over his he like I said, he took he just stole exactly. the rushing he, he's title. The, away. He's the running back that if you took him out of the team would have the biggest impact. Yeah. I mean you could argue Christian McCaffrey, but there are other running backs that can do similar kind of things to Christian McCaffrey. And he's consistently got better every single year. And he hasn't shown any real sign of slowing down. There's no one that plays quite like Derek Henry. I mean, the closest you could maybe argue, he's not even on the level, is Leonard Fournette in the way that he runs. But again, he's not it's even injury, in the same Injury concerns right now. with Leonard Fournette as well. When you just don't get that with Derek Henry, he seems like a, a much more durable, big-bodied back who, yeah, he might not have the oh i don't want to get him on fantasy because he's not going to get many receiving yards well suck on these screens i suppose you could give him a big um a decent sized four-year contract and be pretty confident that he'll be able to see that bit out where do you reckon his contract sits amongst other running backs in the league so who's the most at the moment bell uh no the most is um bloody i've absolutely had a brain fart i'll try uh todd Gurley. No, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Zeke, Zeke got paid more, didn't he? I believe Zeke, then Todd Gurley, then Bell. He won't get, he won't top those three. Mm, would you not think he, he, he gets a bigger, he might get a bigger contract than Bell, I imagine, because if you look at what Bell's brought to the Jets and what 
Derrick Henry brings to the Titans. But yeah, I mean, I've I do think they just need to basically. Yeah. It's like you said, they have to play Chat Conklin, don't they? They can't just splurge it all on the running back. And then look what happens when with the Rams when you don't play your O lineman, you lose Roger Saffold to the Titans. Yeah, and then your becomes... your running game gets poo poo. It does get poo poo. It's all poo poo. Uh, um, it's partially knee issues that Derek Henry doesn't have as much issue with either, though I suppose. Yeah, but their general just he just hasn't looked himself this year at all, really. Um, and some of that does get passed on to the O-line. I think their O-line really underperformed this year. But this isn't a story about the Rams. It's about the no, Titans. they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I do think the other thing is maybe a good pass-catching threat at tight end could potentially add an extra layer to A.J. Brown and um, Corey Davis. Is that, you know, Corey Davis has been kind of hit and miss as a, uh, of, alongside the hype that came with him when he got drafted. Um I think adding an extra sort of element to the play action game and you can get a lot of value in mid round tight ends. We see John, John o. Smith was pretty pretty good at times last year. Yeah, but I'd I want more. You want more? You want, I want more tight ends. I want double tight end sets. The Ravens have shown if you're gonna if you're gonna run, do it with three tight ends. Yeah, it's how leagues go, isn't it? It seems that as they they first got more spread out, now it's all going back to the tight ends and play action. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting to see that the the whole league almost moves in that same direction. I suppose it's because once you get one team with success, Everyone all the copies. offensive staff goes disperses around the league. Yeah, that's true. Although Greg Roman has remained here, he has done. Thank God for that. Thank God. So the final team that got absolutely schmeist last last night at the point of recording. It was the Green Bay Packers who it's it's got to be the run defense, doesn't it? Yeah, they yeah. lost. They lost because he did thirty seven points, and the 49ers only had ten pass attempts, two hundred and eighty five yards on the ground. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw was very keen to uh, point out. Oh, back in my day, I only threw it for twelve times a game. Well, Terry, you played in the seventies, so uh, that's a bit different, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Kittle only got targeted once. How mad is that? Pretty mad. Well, one in, tw- well, 10 attempts, but... <laughs> 10, 10%. 10% of the time, it works every time. Um, yeah, but I mean, he was an absolute monster just on in the in the rushing game in terms of blocking, as he has been the entire year. Um, I think... The pack- I still can't believe I bottled my call on the Niners at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you did. You absolutely schlossed <laughs> was- it. Because I was so confident in them, and then I just, I just absolutely bottled it. You changed it to the Rams. I think so. Oh. Yeah. But you and Matt were just on the. I was so confident. I don't know why I just didn't go through with it. You know, you should have more confidence in your own decision making. I, I should, and I definitely shouldn't trust your and Matt's opinions, especially when I beat you in the predictions race this year. Yeah, I but... want to cut out the Super Bowl for like fifteen points. Yes, I do. Well, tough shit, Joe. Tough shit. Lose with dignity. I shall not. I I mean, let's get back onto this Packers. So I do think their interior D-line need need some definite help. Um, We saw that against the 49ers. They absolutely ate them alive with Mostert, who undrafted running back, coming in here, proving that teams shouldn't pay Derrick Henry. Um, 
So Damian Williams and and Mostert are both undrafted running backs. It's, it's you're not helping the argument, lads. Um, but yeah, so I think they need some big old run stuffers, a la Michael Pierce, perhaps. Ooh, that'd be a nice little sign. It would be a nice because little especially sign. Especially when on the um, passing side of things, they're fine defensively. They've got a good bunch of young cornerbacks, two really good pass rushes in the Smiths. So if they can clock up that middle, maybe get a better middle linebacker than Blake Martinez. Um, I think he's a free agent this year as well. So they're going to have to go in that direction. Yeah. Well, he he was good for one year. He was all right. He makes a lot of tackles just because so many players get through that first line. It's like um, Joe Schobert on the Browns. Yeah. Almost. He he always like leagues the league in tackles. I think Schobert's a better player than Martinez is. Yeah. But he's always consistently ranked like a 74 on Madden for some reason. Um, I do think one other area the Packers could probably help with is maybe some more young talent, a wide receiver. Um, I think Rodgers did well with the weapons he had, but he often sort of leveraged Lafleur's running style slash running back dump offs to have success. And I think having more big name talent there, whether it's it's uh, potential. I think on that type of thing is they have the players there that they do feel can be good. They just need at least one of them to actually fulfill some sort of potential. Yeah, I don't think did Devon. Well, Devontae Adams is obviously Devontae Adams, but outside of that, I don't think they had any particularly good. Uh, no, they, they had um, players year. that had a couple of breakout games, but yeah. nothing consistent. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing. Like, but they were all they were all invisible against the Niners. Geronimo Allison had what one catch? Vantes, um, Scantling. Do you know why similar. that is? It's because Rogers literally doesn't want to throw the ball in um, the direction of Richard Sherman. That's just a fact. Like, there's there was some stat I was listening to on uh, was it Lefko's and Warren Sharp's uh, betting podcast about how little he tries he ever throws the ball and it just doesn't just doesn't throw it there because he's just so worried. But um, yeah, uh, I think they just need uh, other than the the biggest glaring fault all season has been and, and not just the 49ers game, but they've just allowed some. Big runs from from even uh, in the Raiders game, for example, from Josh Jacobs. I know they absolutely spanked the Raiders, but just stopping the run, they need to be able to do it. It's kind of essential in this league, and and we're starting to see teams move over to more run heavy offenses, and they're having success. So, but that's it. It's not just running for sake of running; it's running to set up the pass. And if yeah. you don't, then have to. Not sell the pass because that's in the wrong way, but with that play action game. Yeah, the being, being proficient with your passing. Using it as deep rather shots than, rather than just using it and dinking it over the top of linebackers. Yeah, we don't want none of those Sam Bradford three yard pass averages. No, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the end of what every team can do. And if they follow those instructions, I guarantee they'll make the Super Bowl, all of them. Yeah, all listen up, them. Vikings. Be better. Be better. Be, be angrier. Be stronger at the point of attack. <laughs> What are you doing? Okay, so I was just, la- just laughing at your impressions. It's very nice. You should be a football coach, Joe. I know I should, but I'm You're very motivational. Oh, that's sad. Okay, and on that sad note, I think that's the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our website, thedropback.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at The Dropback. On Facebook, at The Dropback UK. UK. I've been Sam. I've been Joe. And until next time, 
Peace Dubai. out. Bye.